Welcome to Money with Alpha, where I share simple tips for how to make, save and invest money while also connecting your values with your lifestyle so you can achieve the life you really want. You will also hear interviews from real people as they share the ups and downs of their money journey. After all, we are all on a journey and what better way to learn about money than to hear what hasn't and has worked. Hi, and welcome to today's episode where I have a very lovely guest, um, Sharon Joy Coaching. Welcome. Hi, thank you. It's really lovely to have you here. We've had um, we've had some some chats before, and there's a lot of commonalities and alignment in terms of of the the sorts of um, people that we work with and the types of values um, and the way we operate our businesses. So um, I, I was quite excited to to have Sharon on uh, and to ask some questions about money and business and how she works with very heart centered. Um, holistic healers and other women as well and the and the sorts of experiences she's had. So to start with, um, do you want to just give us a little bit of a um, background on yourself, please, Sharon? Yeah. Um, your money journey, who you've things that you've overcome, just generally anything you'd like to share. Sure. So I'm a business and mindset coach and I work with coaches, healers and soulful consultants, usually working in the birthing, matrescence, motherhood, parenting space. Um, so I started this particular, uh, I want to say, arm of my business in 2020 during a COVID pivot and um, it's taken on a life of its own and, you know, really, really love what I do, feel very much in alignment with my purpose. Um, you know, one of my passions is connection. And so I love being able to teach women how to use social media, how to be able to teach them, you know, how they can genuinely and authentically connect with their clients so that their message lands, but also, you know, there's that authenticity in what they're doing so they can feel always in integrity and alignment when they're selling. Um, and that, that, that really looks like service. My clients, in terms of money, my clients, <clears throat> excuse me, and I would say probably very much myself, are more driven by impact than income. And so that's something that I guess, you know, in the coaching world is quite different because the coaching world tends to be very driven around, you know, six figure, seven figure, eight figure, nine figure, squillion dollar figure. Um, you know, it's all about, you know, particularly business coaches in the coaching industry um, and in the sole business industry, you know, is very much driven by, you know, how much money you can make and a lot of talk about, you know, five figure months and, you know, all of these sorts of things. And I guess for me, um, that's not where it's at. It's, you know, that is not to say that it's not in my eye line and my goals, um, always to be reaching higher financially, but um, it's not the driver for me. So um, in terms of money, I mean, I guess, you know, money is such an interesting thing that it is a lot of our patterns and beliefs about money develop as young children. And I guess, you know, I've got a pretty ingrained money story that I'm, I would say I'm working on all the time um, because it does creep up. So I'm the daughter, I'm the only child of, um, you know, a fitter and turner and a shop assistant. So my mum worked in Safeway, uh, which was now Woolworths when I was young 
in the Sutherland Shire of of Sydney, which is a, a a fairly affluent area, and they were very much outclassed in in that area with those wages. They could barely afford to pay their land rates. Um, we lived pretty well on the water on Dolans Bay, which is now well, actually, it's in Lilypilly. So our Previous Prime Minister Scott Morrison lives in that neighbourhood. Um, so that kind of speaks to the sort of neighbourhood that it is. It wasn't quite, you know, as affluent then as what it is now. Um, but then my parents moved to the southwestern suburbs of Sydney in an area called Campbelltown that, you know, has social housing. And, you know, at the time it was like a newly developed area. And the people that my parents associated with were mortified um, that, you know, how could you do that to your child? But moving there definitely was far better for, you know, for my upbringing because, you know, obviously my parents' budget wasn't as tight as what it was when I was a very young child. But then, of course, we had the recession of the 80s and, you know, my parents struggled, like they had tough times. Uh, I was first generation university graduate in my family and went on to be a targeted graduate as an educator in a primary school. Uh, And, you know, I bought my first house at 21 with my husband and um, who I married at 22 a few months after we got uh, after we bought our first home and you know we really um, had a very very solid income you know we were um, between both of us when we lived in Sydney we had very high incomes you know higher than the average Um, so I was a deputy principal um, in a primary school for the final two years that I was in education and my husband was the group executive chef of a very large hotel chain so you know we had jobs where we you know we had very very, very good salaries. Um, But the truth is, is like I said, I'm more driven by impact than income. Um, I tossed all of that in and um, burnt all that down. And and we moved from Sydney, sold our home, um, got to pocket some money and, you know, basically blew it living a great life, um, traveling and me starting a business. And so, um, you know, I don't earn the income that I earn in education at this point in my business. Um, but you know, every morning I wake up and I'm just so grateful that of the life that I've created, you know, right before this podcast episode, I just went and sat in the sun and had a chat to my husband because we both work from home and, you know, it's just like, I guess money is important, but it's just a tool to, you know, to help us live the life that we want. And so when you reach that point of having enough, um, it's, it's a great thing. Um, I mean, I guess probably one thing that I would say is as an employer, as as an employee, it's, it's quite different that you've always, you know, there's often a ceiling there about, uh, you know, above what you can earn. And, you know, in my, my life after leaving, you know, those sort, that sort of a job, um, I've learned that, you know, if you want to get different results, you've got to do something different. So um, not only do I have my coaching business, but I also have a number of other sort of like side arms of income. Um, and also my husband and I are part owners in a brewery um, as well that we don't operate, but we're, we're part owners of. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. It sounds fascinating. I was like, oh, wow, owning part of a brewery, that would be pretty interesting. It's a, Look, it's a bit of fun. We, we um, you know, we, 
we were not going to invest. <laughs> um, our, you know, we had uh, some friends that were the startups, the founders, and, you know, they they had come to us for quite some time and asked us to if we wanted in and we were like, no, that's not our dream. And then, you know, then there was one time and I just said to my husband, maybe we're saying no to something that we don't actually know what we're saying no to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would have never had this opportunity in Sydney. We don't live in in a big city anymore. We live in a regional area of the mid-north coast of New South Wales. And, you know, I said to him, this is is a different opportunity. Um, We had to be very prepared to lose a very large amount of money, um, you know, based on our overall um, wealth, personal wealth. And, you know, a large portion of that we had to be prepared to kind of um, lose, I guess. Uh, but, you know, I just thought, again, like it comes back to that if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same results. And for us to break out of this cycle that we've both come from, you know, industry work of family households, you know, Mm. um, for us to break through to that next level, we knew that we had to do something fairly radical compared to what our parents had done and taught us to do, which is just put a bit of extra money into your super. <laughs> yes. Well, the the game has changed substantially. It's mm. it's no longer, you know, get a good job, save up for a house, buy a house, save up a bit more and, you know, get some super. Mm. Unfortunately, the way the world is at the moment, none of that's going to cut it. Um, and it does, no. it does come into sort of alternative types of investments uh, and also risk. So coming yeah. from the sort of background that, that you've had, and I'm not, I'm not familiar with your husband's background, but his background then as well. Very similar. Had, very, very similar. Yeah. Mum so was, his mum was a stay at home mum for most of his childhood mm-hmm. and then, you know, worked at Macca's and yeah. worked in a bank, um, yeah. bank teller. So very, very similar, similar backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. So coming from those backgrounds and then having that sort of vision of, so you, you didn't have the role models necessarily to, to move with. So you were doing your thing. How did you kind of identify the lifestyle you wanted and then the risk that it would take to achieve that? What sort of process did you go through for oh. to, to get to there? Well, we started watching and listening and, mm-hmm. you know, we started feeling into, is this it? Is this all there is? Yeah. Um, because, you know, I mean, my best friend describes us as having peaked too early. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, child, we're childhood sweethearts. We were high school sweethearts, not childhood, but, you know, near enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we started dating when I was 17 and he, when he was 17 and I was 14. Uh, and so that was 30 years ago almost now uh and you know we uh, as I say I bought my first home at 21 um I wouldn't have been able to do that without Adam it was because I was at uni and he had um you know he had an apprenticeship before that in chefing and then basically you know when I was a targeted graduate in schools then we were Mm -hmm. able to quickly accumulate the funds to have a deposit and we got an application approved but, you know, we, we kind of had all of that done pretty young and, um, you know, we had our three kids who we just adore. Probably one of the tipping points was losing my mum. She passed away of ovarian cancer when my son was, uh, well, when I was pregnant, 18 weeks pregnant with my son. Mm. So, you know, I guess when you have something like that, you really tune in into what actually matters. 
Um, straight off the back of that, my dad was quite sick um, when, you know, when I finally did have give birth to my son. And, you know, we just had like all of these things kind of coming at us from all these directions. And it just put me more in touch with what actually matters here. And mm. so paying more attention to that, we started to say, is this it? Like, is this all there is? Mm. Are we just now on this hamster wheel of running kids to activities and working, you know, right now through until retirement. And we weren't happy with that because we'd had so many exciting things that we ticked off our list in the lead up. And so we decided to write a bucket list, a 50 by 50 list, 50 things by the age of 50 that we wanted to achieve. And and literally that list changed our life. It put us in touch with what we really wanted. And, you know, very quickly we started to see, right, this is is what we want to do. But it was just paying attention, living more consciously Mm -hmm. and, you know, really just... um, Leaning into what were the triggers, you know, if you see people having those successes and you think, oh, man, like, you know, one of my really good friends was, you know, having a a fantastic business that she'd started with her husband and and his brother and and his wife. And, you know, I just thought, wow, like uh, how awesome would that be to have our own business? And, you know, here's the thing. So we, you know, we were still living in the area where we pretty well grew up in Mm. and we had the same circles of friends and all of our friends were employees. We didn't have friends who owned businesses really. I, you know, as I say, I had that one friend um, who had a business, but for the most part, I didn't have, we didn't move in circles of people who had their own businesses. So we had to start moving and changing the circles of people that we that we were within um, and just being inspired by their stories and finding mm. ways that we could instead of talking ourselves out of why we shouldn't. Yeah. And that's, that's very much, that's, that's a really important point is the, the mindset cage that we put ourselves in. Mm. Um, we might grow up in that, but then there comes a point at which you're an adult and you can actually start to make your own choices and changes and it can be an away from thing. Oh, I don't want to do that. Um, or it can be, oh, I want to do that. So, but if it's an away from, then, but you don't have the, the, the idea of, well, what could you actually then achieve? Yeah. And the amount of the, the risk that goes with that. So being prepared to go, you know what, this is life. We, you know, we have faith in ourselves. We can, um, you have a curiosity as well. And then mm. you go and become informed. So it's not just about going, oh yeah, let's just, let's just leap. There is still some planning. So I, I love your 50 by 50. That That's awesome. Um, yeah. I have a friend who did something similar, but it was purely travel related. Um, and she'd have to go to like three countries a year. And then of course COVID hit and she, she really struggled like from an identity perspective. Cause she's yeah. like, well, I have this list and this thing I want to do, I can't do it. Mm. What does that mean for me? So I suppose that's life in general. Like we, you know, we're hit with things, tragedies, um, you know, illness, other things that happen. We have children and for, for women, that's usually quite a, an enlightening, um, it's a really hard experience, but it's also quite an enlightening one that will often trigger us to want to do something different. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I think the, the keys there are it's respons- the responsibility we take for our life mm. and then the, the challenges that we overcome and then the risks. And I, it's, it's really interesting. I've, I don't think I've ever heard of anybody who's, not, who's achieved something without some some grating of some sort. There's been some trigger, something that's happened. Yeah. So to avoid sort of failure and things like that is almost 
a surefire way to not go where you want to go mm. because I find that that kind of, and it doesn't have to be too dramatic, but just something that kind of goes, you know yeah. what, I'm not satisfied with the way things are. And then yeah. you can question it and move forward. Mm. Yeah, so I can definitely relate to that, you know, and it's so funny that you say that your friend did something similar and it all related to travel because what ours actually drew us to was selling our home and traveling Australia in a caravan for two years and ticking uh, like a large number of that list was ticking things off the list, you know, like swimming with whale sharks in WA and Mm -hmm. going to all these places. And so actually travel was a big driver for that list. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're absolutely right. You know, when we were traveling Australia, we actually had um, a Facebook group that we would go live in every Friday night and we would ask, it was families traveling Australia. Yeah. And we would ask families traveling Australia every Friday night um, and interview them about their experiences. And there was, you know, we've we've talked to hundreds, literally hundreds of traveling families. Yeah. And there's not one family that I've ever spoken to that just decided to do it. There was always that point of adversity that was like somebody flicked a switch Mm. and they had this moment of realization that there's got to be something else. And, and it changed the trajectory in that, you know, in that um, experience. So it's so true. It's, it's definitely pivotal in making change. Definitely. And so when, so the, the clients that you work with now, um, and I mean, obviously, that's, that's the other thing too. Is I sort of feel like people go because I, I did a I did a real career pivot um, when I was probably in my late twenties, and I lost some friends over it because they're like, mm-hmm. "You've just spent how many years studying and working in this industry, and you're just going to let it all go?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> Mm. but a lot of that I, I can use there are tools or skills or even knowledge that I can actually still use down the track so for instance being a you know the skills that you would have been, had as a as a you know learning to be a teacher being a teacher being a deputy principal you'd be able to use a lot of that stuff now and then you add on to it when you you start to realize oh well, these are gaps that I have I need to learn about that gap um, and that becomes sort of the exciting part as well that journey so the, the the people that you work with now um are they are they starting out in their businesses or have they how, how does what how does that journey when, when do you encounter um, women on that journey mm. and what sorts of what's the sort of I suppose the process that you take them through yeah so the women I tend to work with usually are at that point where they've they've receive some certification, usually some sort of like practitioner or coaching certification, Um, you know, be it circle facilitator, some sort of healing modality or coaching certification, NLP, those sorts of things, even hypnotherapy, Um, maybe doula, you know, if they're a doula, a whole range of those sorts of modalities. They're usually certified in that. Mm-hmm. They've usually registered a business. Um, they might have attempted to get some clients. So, you know, often they might already have paying clients. Um, so they're usually at that point where they've actually realized that the little bit of business training that they might have gotten in their certification, because usually these days those kinds of certifications come with a business module, yeah. um, and which they think is going to be enough. Um, but when they actually get into the real world, they realize that they probably need to spend at least the same amount that they spend on the certification on investing in some sort of business coaching and training and learning around how to be an entrepreneur as far as marketing in particular. Um, And that's usually when they'll come and see me. So they'll realize that their message isn't landing um, or they're unclear about 
how to get the word out there. Their audience isn't growing. Their clientele isn't growing. And, you know, they've kind of exhausted, um, you know, handing out flyers or hanging out in free Facebook groups. So once they've reached that point, that tends to be when they come to me. But I've got I've got women from, you know, who have not had their first client yet right through to clients who have $50,000 plus launches. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have a, a big range. Uh, I tend to work more with those clients whose businesses are further down the track um, one-to-one. They usually like to have me as a one-to-one. Um, and then the other clients who are just starting out usually come into my membership. So, um, and in terms of process, um, I guess the process is the same for people who I work with at all levels. Um, and that is, I, I have eight key areas in business that I help um, women to kind of work within. I call them my eight clarity pillars. Uh, and that is, you know, connect to their vision, make sure that that's really well anchored, yeah. organize their time through their calendar, really mm-hmm. important. We won't achieve what we want to achieve if we don't organize and, you know, master our time. Yeah. Calculations, of course, that's your um, zone of genius. The numbers. Uh, the numbers, very important. The next one's clients, actually really identifying who we're here to serve, helping us craft our message so that, Mm -hmm. you know, the people that we're here to serve actually receive that message. Then we look at offers, our contribution, be them uh, paid or free. Uh, Then we've got content, how we're going to content market our business. And that tends to be what I teach is content marketing. Contingency, which is things like legals, accounting, systems, you know, websites, learning management systems, those kinds of things. A lot of my clients tend to want to run courses. So obviously there's the techie side behind that. And then the last one is commit. And that's really about what happens when the wheels fall off? What happens when we catch ourselves in a funk um, and how we can sort of, you know, pick ourselves back up and keep going? Who are our supports? So yes. so they're the pillars that I that I teach and, um, and I guide people within. And, you know, I think think that they're things, they're hierarchical in order, but they're also standalone things. Uh, And when we, you know, I I don't really think there's anything that I've come across in business ever that doesn't fit into one of those areas. Yeah. Because the the business of business, that part of it is actually relatively, it doesn't change that much depending on like even what industry that you're in. Like we all, we all need to submit a tax return. Um, right. We all need to keep in, on top of our profit and loss and our, you know, our net worth and, and all of that. So, yeah, so that side. Um, and then in terms of the, uh, like the mindset um, and all of that, how have you found uh, that side's influenced uh, the sort of the degree to which, I mean, and, and I, I hesitate to use the word success because that's very, very individual. Yeah. How, how has that kind of held people back or propelled them forwards? Oh, well, that's the catalyst, isn't it, really? Like, I mean, you know, without that, then there's there's no action because our mindset, which is ultimately the thoughts that we have, yeah. drives the feelings that we have, which drives the actions that we take, which drives the results that we get. So, yeah. you know, it, it's this cascade effect. Um, and, you know, I think that Every single one of those pillars has mindset challenges within it. So, you know, if I think about, you know, the vision is often, there's there's two things with vision. Often I find that people actually 
um, you know, shoot for the vision that's the pie in the sky that their subconscious mind just goes, yeah, bullshit. Like, hello, have you seen how much money you've got in your bank right now? Like, mm. so, you know, I think that there's a sweet spot there when we're goal setting that it needs to include parts of our current reality stitched together with parts that we want to create that we haven't created yet. So there's a bit of a sweet spot there. Um Obviously, there's also mindset about, you know, firing our goals too low, you know, because we don't think that we can achieve higher than that. You know, there's things in the money area, like money mindsets, massive, right? All the stories that we hold on to, Um, you know, think, yeah, Um, even things around, you know, um, clients can be impacted by, um, you know, thinking about um, imposter syndrome or, you know, um, comparison, like, you know, thinking mm. about, oh, but, you know, I can't, I can't call those people in because that person that I follow already deals with that niche. Um, you know, I find that mindsets, particularly uh, women that I work with who perhaps are new to social media, don't want to be shown, like don't want to be seen. They mm. have issues around being seen even on Zoom sometimes, you know. Mm. They don't want to show their face on Zoom. They don't want to show up on camera. They don't want to be photographed. Mm. Um, so breaking down mindsets around that because we're in 2022, people buy from people, you know. Yeah. Um, mindsets around technology that just are not helpful. I can't do this. I'm not good at tech. It It has like a it has this flow on effect that plays out really mm. poorly in their business in terms of results and when we are solopreneurs we have to be resourceful we mm-hmm. have to be able to manage our thoughts yes. to be um, creative in finding solutions you know that's what entrepreneurism is like is being creative looking for solutions mm. Um, not just sitting there saying, woe is me, I can't do this and throwing our hands in the air. So, um, you know, having mindsets around that is like mindset is, yeah, it's so important, so important. And, you know, also I want to say is like sometimes people will feel the calling to become an entrepreneur, but Mm. they've never actually done a lot of personal development work. So if they've never actually been told that, do you know you can choose what you think? You know, mm-hmm. that is like mind-blowing. That is mind-blowing, you yeah. know. And I think that that's the thing. If they've never, ever had anybody show them that their ability to respond, their mm-hmm. responsibility, like their, you know, responsibility mm-hmm. is is on them, Yeah, you know. So, and they've got though, they've got the power to do something about that. Yeah, no, that's, that's and that, exactly that responsibility is ability to respond. Totally. It doesn't necessarily mean that you take the weight of the world on your shoulders, mm. but if you're able to f- sort of develop yourself to the point that you're able to then respond to help someone else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you're right. I always wanted the gap between that, that light bulb or that, that fire that goes, yes, I'm going to start a business. And, but then they want to shy, then people sort of get scared and shy away. I was like, well, who was the person who had that initial fire? Let's let's mm. let's talk to that one again. Let's, yeah, let's chat back into that. And it's always the stories that are running, you know, from a very 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 long time ago. That if they they've got more of that conscious awareness, that they can go, ah, oh, right, you know, I remember mm. now why I've yeah. got, I'm carrying that story, and they can heal that and move on. So I guess you know that whole thing around entrepreneurism is very important that we 
you know, we do the mindset work um, Mm -hmm. if people are new coming into this space because the mindset stuff is really big. And if they haven't done that sort of personal development work, let me tell you, it's a life's work. It's only ever a journey. It's never a destination. Um, But, you know, it's so important. Like without it, it's just, you know, it's just not possible. No, no, you're absolutely right. And it is because the stories and the patterns are there. We learn to overcome them and then there'll be a trigger and you'll be, and then there might be a reaction. They go, oh, no, I thought I'd gotten over that. And then yeah. you start to acknowledge it and go, all right, I'm not going to beat myself up, up about mm-hmm. it. However, I do still realise that I've got things to learn and that yeah. I need to, to take that, those learnings with me. Um, so that's all really, yeah, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Now you've got, um, a challenge and an offer coming up at the moment. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how people can, can find you and get hold of that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so yes, I do have a four day challenge coming up, uh, at the point of recording this. However, um, that, that's something that I run every now and again, a clarity challenge just to help people get clear, get moving, get organized on their dream business. Um, and I guess for some of your listeners, it might also mean people who want to have a side business as well. Um, it's, you know, most of my clients tend to want to move out of their full-time job or part-time job and do their business full-time. Um, but, you know, I, I think in this day and age, the ability to have multiple streams of income is really important. So maybe there's some of your listeners who are looking for, you know, new streams of income, maybe doing something like coaching on the side or healing, you know, if they wanted to, you know, become some sort of practitioner and do that, um, you know, in outside of work hours, then, you know, it's a great opportunity to build a business on the side. Um, But what I do have available for people is my ultimate startup checklist for coaches, healers, and soulful consultants. So that is what I'd recommend if people want to grab a hold of that. It's SharonJoyCoaching.com forward slash startup. And that's a 14-page guide um, that covers all of my clarity pillars. And it also includes over 30 links to resources and tools, um, some that I've created, but some also just um, tools that I use in my business and that I recommend. Um, so, you know, it's actually giving people the guidance that they need to go and find those things without having to go down Google rabbit holes um i've given the the tools and the answers so um you know that if anyone is in anyone in the startup phase of an online business will benefit from getting that startup checklist or anyone who has a desire to create one um you know you i think the thing is people often think that a startup business is you know at that point when you know they've just maybe gotten their abn and maybe they're building a website and they're getting a you know, an Instagram handle. But in reality, the startup phase in a business goes for much longer, as I'm sure you, you know, you would know and teach as well. Mm. And I think the thing is, is there's a lot that can be done. The startup phase can go from anything from a couple of months to a couple of years and beyond, depending on the pace that that person works at and, Mm. you know, the success they have with the strategies that they try. So, you know, Mm. so I think anybody who, you know, has a business where maybe they're not sure if they're on the right track, um, but maybe they've been doing it for a couple of years and they're just like, I don't know if this is working, um, that document will really help them. So, yeah, SharonJoyCoaching.com forward slash startup to get your hands on that one. 
Great. I'll um I'll put that in the show notes as well so that um people can grab it if they can't write down, maybe they're listening in the car. Yes. That's awesome. that's wonderful, Sharon. Thank you so much. Um, some really, really valuable information. And thank you for sharing your story as well. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's it's always lovely when people feel comfortable enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And you can share your journey and the learning so other people can go, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I know this. So I'm not the only one who experiences stuff like this. Yeah, I think there's so much power in stories. You know, we learned that when we travelled Australia and we started our travel blog and mm-hmm. that is actually one of the drivers behind what made me so passionate about, you know, really sharing stories on social media and connecting with people through social media um, because I realized the power of stories we you know we traveled in 2017 2018 uh, and I still get messages today from people saying hey guess what we're leaving on our trip now and it was your story that led us to prepare for this so I know the power of story and you know it really is a way that we can connect with other people and um, see what's possible for ourselves so only too happy to share that Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you again. And thank yes, I'll, I'll put some details how people can find you in the in the notes and all the best for, for your upcoming challenge and everything else that you're doing. Thanks so much. Thanks. <laughs>